Hello there, and welcome back to the chat shit. Get fit. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. It, you, you're right. Yeah, I'm that sorry. is, that is the order it goes in. Yeah, I froze. Yeah, yeah, right. The fitness news, where we unpack the week's biggest news in health and fitness. I'm Bill, and as always, I'm joined by Tom. I mean, fair play to you, because every now and again, I'll say to someone, oh, yeah, it's called chat fit, get shit. <laughs> and then I'll realise what I've said, but then I'm too embarrassed to go back on myself, yeah, so I'll just double commit. down and say, no, no, it is chat fit, get shit. Do you know if that was what it was called? <laughs> what a fucking shit. And, uh, I mean, at least I'm not saying something like, I oh, know, shit fit, get chat. Yeah, it's good. yeah, 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 exactly. Anyway, yeah, that's a, that is a title of the podcast. Um, thank you for joining. Anyway, Which one? What? Chat shit, get fit? No. What? Yeah, chat shit, get fit, that's it, yeah. Chitty, shitty, man, man. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, fitness news. This week, we're going to take a closer look at mental fatigue. Does mental fatigue significantly impact strength endurance? Well, we've got a new major analysis that hopes to shed some light on this. We also look at cooling down right after a workout, according to a GQ article. And we look at the impact of the daily mile in schools. Is it actually making a difference? Let's get into this week's The Fitness News from Chat Shit Get Fit. Boom, mic drop, nailed it. Firstly, Tom, before we actually get into the news, what a update on your holiday, mate. You were away, weren't you, in the land of the Vikings last week? How was that? Was that nice? Well, actually... Oh, we go. I wasn't. I'm actually going tomorrow. What? Now, I did see this in the show notes, whoa, and whoa. I could have given you the heads up. So you just maybe I could have given fight. you... Yes. Brilliant. On purpose. I could have given you the heads up, but no. You fell right into my trap, just as planned, just as I expected. Where the fuck did you go then? Nowhere. I've been at home. You said you were, you said you were on holiday. No, I've been at home. But I'm you going, said you were on going tomorrow. I thought you said you were going from Sunday to Wednesday. Where, where, I remember this conversation. It's on WhatsApp. Oh, no, I might I might have told you it, but I was wrong if I did tell you that. <laughs> you were wrong about going but on But either way, <laughs> either way, I could have corrected you, but I purposely didn't because you, I knew you'd fall right into my trap just as I planned. Know. And um, it's kind of like a really shit Bond villain because I haven't actually planned what the end game is. So even though you have fallen into my trap, there's no actual end game here that I've managed to think through. Right. It's kind of like, imagine, imagine a man with a golden gun where he finally points his golden gun, gun at Bond, but he's forgot to reload it. What a nightmare. Or, or the bit with Goldfinger, where he goes to laser Bond in half, but fuck, he's forgot to put the battery in the laser machine. Or or Casino Royale, where the chief goes to the... Uh, is in the poker game, but he's, he, he's, he's forgot to go and buy his fucking chips. So basically, I've come in half-cocked. If you're struggling to follow along with this story, much like me, you might be suffering from mental fatigue, which moves us nicely on to... This week's, uh, this week's first topic of the podcast, which is mental fatigue. Is this affecting your performance in the gym? It's funny you say that because just oh, as God. you said that, I went to put a locket in my mouth and I missed my mouth and I dropped it. I don't know where it's gone. Hang on. Just that. That, that is some mental there, fatigue right there. There you go. Tom's back in the game now. Anyway. Right in the end. It's got my hairs on it, but I don't mind. <laughs> fucking hell. All our listeners are going to have mental fatigue after this fucking intro. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Anyway, right. Um, so... Mental fatigue, we're going to talk about a new study. First, I think we should probably establish what do we mean when we are talking about mental fatigue today. So in the context of this new study, we're going to be looking at probably what you could call acute cognitive activity. Um, and the sort of things that are employed in this particular study and others as well, to be fair, is a computerized test and smartphone usage. Now, smartphone usage seems to be the popular one because that's what most of society tends to use a lot of. Um, and they want to see how that impacts your 
mental fatigue when it comes to performance. So, I mean, before we get balls deep into this uh, study, Tom, I think we should maybe anecdotally go through what does mental fatigue mean to us? What does it mean to you, Tom? So this is the thing. Like when I first saw, oh, we're doing something on mental fatigue, and when I read the title of the of the actual paper itself, straight away I thought it's going to be to do with like stress accumulation. That's what I originally thought it was going to be. So actually, I was quite surprised actually they was put on something that required a fair bit of cognitive function in an acute setting. Um, so yeah, in the case of what we kind of read, it was to do with like smartphone usage and also some cognitive tests. So not really stress related. But something that requires a fair amount of um, that would require to use a fair bit of your 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 current resources to um, complete cognitive functions. When I saw this bit here, um, I straight away it was actually recently. Obviously, we were talking off air about my, my new tattoo, um, and I was talking to the tattoo artist about this because obviously, what we do, what I do a lot of is sort of creative based stuff. He's obviously a tattoo artist; it's very creative. You have to sit. You know, for, in my case, he was sitting basically in his chair for five hours, whatever it was drawing on my arm um, and we were talking about how that impacts sort of how you can feel very drained when you become very creative I think a lot of people don't realize this is they they look at creative work and they sometimes because it's not manual labor or it's not a physical task they assume it's not draining however we're talking about mental fatigue it's very draining mentally because it requires a lot of focus and he was actually saying how he just stopped the gym because he knew I was a personal trainer yeah he was talking about that um, and he was saying it's very hard because if he's there all day, you have to be so focused because you're at the end of the day, you're putting a permanent bit of ink on someone's arm or whatever body part. And you have to be so dialed in like for that entire duration that he said at the end, his brain's just fried and it's yeah. very hard to then basically do anything else. I suppose it's kind of like tunnel vision in a way. Mm. You know, like when you've been driving, I mean, I'm going to be doing it tomorrow, aren't I? You know, when you're driving like a motorway or a highway, yeah. if you're from the States and you're for a very long time, you'll have to like be ultra focused on what's just in front of you. Mm. And um, you kind of become lethargic and you blip out, but you're, you're still having to concentrate because otherwise you just go to the car in front of you. Mm. But you still you still become impaired where you're just having that tunnel vision. It's almost like it's mentally knackering. Yeah, that's interesting actually. I think you you do notice that, don't you? If you go for like a long drive, you feel tired when you actually yeah. think about it. You've not it doesn't. There's nothing really that arduous about it. You're just sitting in a seat, pushing a few pedals. You're not maybe doing any, if- you know mathematics or anything are you but no, it's just no. you know having to be like um hyper aware of just that one mm. focus thing well, so it's like smartphones well, if you use a smartphone you are technically internal vision because you're glued to this little tiny screen in front of you and as we spoke previously how content these days is so fast-paced and so like in your face that yeah you're on autopilot almost you're on sen- it's sensory overload isn't it you're on a tunnel vision sensory yeah. overload flying at you and you obviously don't realize it but cognitively it's really hitting you hard and that's what we when we look at these studies we'll talk about mental fatigue but um, it is yeah. quite interesting. I mean, in terms of gym stuff, obviously we're going to the study, but I wouldn't say I've, I wouldn't say I've noticed it. I wouldn't say I've, really, I've ever really noticed, but then saying that I've never stopped, I've never actually stopped using my smartphone for like a whole day and then gone to the gym or not being creative. I've always been carrying on like normal. So I've never noticed. A- so I don't know whether to lump it in the same category as mental fatigue, but I do find like um, I've become less motivated when, let's say, in between a set, for whatever reason, I decide to, and I try not to do it now, because of the effect it has, but if I had to go onto my phone mm. and I start scrolling or something minus for the next two minutes, or whatever my rest period is, two or three minutes, I do find that by the time it comes to my actual set itself, I don't perform as well. Okay. Which yeah. is one of the reasons why I do recommend, like, unless you're changing your son or something, try and keep your phone away from you as you're training. Mm. Um, funny enough, quite the opposite of what we said um, a few episodes ago, where we said, like, if between sets you're actually 
Oh, what, what is it where you imagine that motor imagery of you actually performing the task? Yeah, motor, yeah, motor imagery. Where that could actually, yeah, it can help. That can actually help you with yeah. your uh, performance. Mm. This seems to have quite the opposite, but I have found anecdotally that, yeah, if I am scrolling on my phone and, uh, yeah, just like going on autopilot through that, social media, whatever, even text messaging, I do find that my performance tends to be a bit shit. Okay, we'll move on to this study then to give you some actual like data, not just uh, our anecdotal accounts on this. Is that- Yeah. We've got a, it's a new study. It's the effects of mental fatigue on strength endurance, a systematic review, a major analysis, and it's Alex Fages or Fages at all, 2022. Okay, so very recent. Um, and this is on more of a resistance-based situation, which is actually really good because previously you've actually had some good data on mental fatigue uh, in terms of endurance and sport context. So if we go back to 2020, we had a paper. It was more of a – it did include some resistance stuff, but it was quite endurance-biased. Like a lot of it, a lot of the individual papers in this um, systematic review and analysis were endurance-based. And that, that, the title of that paper was um, Effects of Prior Cognitive Exertion on Physical Performance, a Systematic Review and Major Analysis. Of course, all of these will be down in the show notes if you want to have a deeper dive, have a little read yourself. So basically, in this 2020 paper, they suggested that this is a very real thing, mental fatigue, and that previous maters have underestimated the over-effect. Okay, because it's been, it's surprising, there's actually been a lot of data on this topic, mental fatigue. Um, they've done a lot of exploration on it. And I think I... Before we move on, actually, I think this is it's quite linked with the changing how how men how everything around mental well being etc has become more to the forefront in society. Yeah, before people would be like, if you were stressed or whatever, you were like over you know mental fatigue, whatever. They might they might be like, oh, okay, it's nothing really. It's not really affecting you. You're just you know you're just tired or you're just not motivated. You're just being lazy. I think it's where um, people are starting to kind of see uh, health and performance mm. as less of this single dogmatic approach yeah it's actually become more of like a, a multifactorial ecosystem where it's not just about um the physical side of things it's more it, well, not more about but it's also about things like uh, yeah your mental well-being mm. your environment as well mm. uh, i mean even like we, we say that it's like relatively new thing it's not really because sports psychology has been around for a long time but i think it's becoming more popular now yeah. in regards to like, the general public mm-hmm. or at least the awareness of it and if we look at some more of these skill-based papers, so we're talking about skilled sports performance, I mean, which does make sense when we look at it in that context because if you're doing anything that's skill-based, like a sport, you want to be switched on cognitively. Yeah. I mean, if you've got to make very quick decisions um, in a split second, that could determine if you win or lose a game, whatever it, whatever the terminology would be in that sport, then it's important that you're, you're switched on. So I actually looked at a few papers on this, Tom, and the theme was smartphone usage. So that seems to be the popular one to go. Do you know what? I just want to quickly go back. I think that's another another good thing about obviously in, in now I want to say recent years. This is recent years to me as someone that's approaching their forties. <laughs> but when we look at studies like which compare like oh you know uh, mobile phone usage prior to completing physical tasks etc. Mobile phones have only kind of been mainstream for the past twenty four years about. Mm. So once again, yeah, it is something that's like it's something we could kind of like fuck around with in more recent times, as opposed to like in the eighties. What could you really do to do like a you know cognitive impairment in regards to physical activity? Yeah, not much. Apart from putting out a massive, I don't know, space invaders or something. Yeah, game of Monopoly, 
something like that. I'll get, I'll get, yeah. <laughs> I'll get you fucking going, innit? Um, anyway. Yeah, so, Jesus. As I said, I looked Makes at a few angry. papers um, and three of them stood out to me. So we had one in football or uh, soccer, if you're in the States, uh, volleyball and boxing. And they basically saw that, uh, well, they basically got most of them. I think the football one was a little bit more, there was a bit more context there, but they're basically 30 minutes prior, they'd get these participants to use a smartphone. Um, and what the researchers found across these three papers was that the subjects had impaired decision-making after using the phone. Um, I'll give you some context on how they did this. Um, so the football one, they got male soccer. I'll basically, I'll just read this out. This little extract would be easier, actually. Um, Can I take a guess, actually? Go on. Since this is soccer, if it's, if it's UK soccer, at least, football, I bet on the smartphones, the players were texting each other's wives and the players got to read those messages. Oh, Fucking hell. It sounds like it's something that could be true. It sounds like it could be true, yeah, with fucking history. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> John, John Terry and the like. Colleen's been sending her messages again. <laughs> Clean, yeah, Colleen Vardy. Oh, gosh, fucking hell, yeah. <laughs> Some people be like, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> football joke. I know fuck all about football. I just know more about the drama. Yeah, the drama, yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> back to this uh, this paper. So um, they got male, uh, male soccer athletes participated in four randomised conditions throughout the four visits. They had a control group. They had a 15-minute smartphone group, 30-minute smartphone, and 45-minute smartphone. Uh, and they used the, the, the Stroop task to assess the level of induced mental fatigue before and after each experimental condition. Then the athletes played a simulated soccer game. Uh, the game was filmed for further analysis of passing decision-making performance. And obviously, as I said, this one, they found that it did impair their decision-making when they were 30 minutes and above. So 15 minutes wasn't too much. Uh, if they obviously did nothing, it wasn't that bad. When it got to 30 minutes and over, it impaired their ability to make decisions they would normally make when it comes to passing the ball. Um, now, Tom, have you heard of the Stroop test before? So I've never done the Stroop test in an official capacity. Hmm. However, I have done them as like, you know, we got these like brain teasers, yeah, etc. Te- yeah. fun things you can kind of find on Google and stuff. What? I'll go for it, Tom, because I think once I actually talk it through, people will probably recognise it because it's something we actually said, those little brain teasers you get on the app store and stuff, the little cognitive, uh, what, yeah. what, what are they called? Like lum- lumosity or something like that? You know, the little brain game thing? Yeah, it's where it'll be like, oh, how many squares are within the square? Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. But with the Stroop test, it's to do with, uh, it's, it's visual colours, but then they're actually written. So the actual colour of that word will be a, a different colour to what the actual word spells. And it still fucks me up to this day, to be honest with you. Well, they do, on the actual script, they do they do like they do three different types, what you just said. So they'll have like, they'll ask you to read aloud colour names, but they'll be written in black ink. So they'll have like red, blue, yellow, but it'll be in black. And they want you to basically see if you can read. Um, and then uh, what they do is they actually record um, how many errors you made and the time it took you to do it. And then they do another test after that where you have to repeat a new list of words and you have to read aloud the colour names, so red, green, blue, whatever. And the names, as you said, are written a different colour. So, mm. for example, the word blue will be written in red. Okay, and then the third one, so again, different set of uh, different set of colours, whatever. Uh, but it'll be, for example, you've got to read out the colours that the words are printed in. So if you see red, it'll be in green. But you've got to say green, not red. The important thing with this test, though, is the as they call it, the index of inhibitory cognitive control is the error rate and not the speed. So if you take long, so basically you're better off just not rushing, essentially. You don't really get scored. It's scored on how many mistakes you make, but people naturally tend to go rapid, don't they? They get on these tests and they just want to fire for it. But <laughs> um, it's quite an interesting test though. It'd be interesting if you want to Google it and have a little go at it. It's um, quite entertaining, um, especially if you want to go for it like a speed run. 
you find that you do make a few mistakes. Red lorry, yellow lorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Um, if we rewind then back to that resistance-based meta analysis, um, before this meta, it did appear quite mixed overall. So there was a lot of different contexts where it wasn't very clear if mental fatigue was having an impact on resistance-based trading. So this meta did come out to kind of hopefully, as I said, shed some light on, the, on this conversation. Um, quick recap actually of what a meta analysis is just for new listeners. It's basically when they get a pool of individual papers, they will put them through some sort of criteria. So for example, if they don't want animal studies in their meta analysis, yeah. they will make that a criteria and any animal studies will then get put to the side. They'll be binned off. Even if they're about the, the, the relevant topic, they will get binned off. And once they've got all of their papers that meet their criteria, they put them together, they analyze them, and that is when you get a meta analysis. And as you can imagine, it gives you stronger stronger evidence because it's not just looking at one paper, it's analyzed an entire you know pool of papers. You know, Sometimes we've had one study before, we had like 99 papers in, you get some of even more than that, but millions of participants and it's very exciting. If you're into that sort of yeah. stuff, <laughs> if you're not, then it's not. <laughs> um, anyway, so they're not all like us. <laughs> they're not all like us. Um, actually, I've got a cool little table here, Tom. So I just mentioned the criteria they have to go through. Uh, the criteria of this particular meta analysis was the study, uh, the su the subject uh, participants. They had to do a highly demanding cognitive task of any duration before lifting. Um, and obviously, if you look deeper in the paper, they will tell you what the criteria was for a highly demanding cognitive task. I'm going to guess that mm. it wasn't something as simple as put a square in a square <laughs> hole, but a triangle in a triangle <laughs> hole. You know, it was probably a bit more demanding than that. <laughs> the studies had to compare a group or condition undergoing a mentally fatigued task to a control group or a condition. So basically, it just means they had to have some sort of control where people weren't doing something to compare it to. Okay, because yeah. if, if I give you an example, if they just got... 10 people to use a smartphone do a test and they found that they're all lower in cognitive whatever what they compare that to there's mm -hmm. nothing to really gauge if they were better before or if they were better if they didn't use a smartphone so you need to have that control group and the final bit of criteria was the outcome measure had to be strength endurance so reps to failure on an upper or lower body exercise so that was their criteria for this paper um, and in total they were left with seven studies um, and they used something called the uh, pedro scale <laughs> I love the way that it's a capital PED as well. It's a bit suspect. Um, yeah. They use that as the, that's the, that's how they've got the quality of the papers basically. And the average score was, we'll call it, they've got some funky little things there. We'll call it seven out of 10, for easy to say, which is actually, which is good. This class is good quality average for the seven papers, which is, which is nice. You know, so, you know, you can't kind of go at that because as we've spoke about before, major analysis, they're only as good as the quality of the individual papers because we've had it in the past where, Certain influencers will pull out these massive meta analysis and go, oh, this is bad or whatever. And you'll look at the individual papers and they're all very poor, which means the meta analysis is poor. There could be certain there could be certain individual studies within that meta analysis that could actually tip the scales way in favour of one end of the other. So seven out of ten is pretty good. The question is, Tom, what did this meta analysis find? Well, what it found was that acute mental fatigue impairs both upper and a lower body strength endurance. Uh, what was interesting though it appeared that maximal strength activities are hindered less and that makes sense because you would likely find mental fatigue to affect more complex tasks um, and longer duration yeah. stuff so i don't know if you're doing like a, a savage complex or something or you're doing a massive workout with loads of different movements i can imagine that's a bit more cognitively demanding having to quickly change the different techniques different um, mo movements etc whereas if you're doing one rep max deadlift where it gets over and done with within seconds 
There's not much yeah. to think about. It's literally go to the bar, pick it up, put it down again. I can see why there's not as much um, impact on that. But when it comes to a longer base thing, so obviously they're talking about strength endurance, then yeah, for sure, we might see, uh, we can see some hindrance there. I mean, the thing is though that it does say this is, you know, acute impairment, meaning that it's something that's very short, it's very um, just prior to the session or during the session or during the actual, you know, it could be in between sets. So if it's like something where, you know, you do do something where you're in front of a computer or a smartphone for your day job. You know, as long as you're not training within that time as well, then I don't think it's going to be much of an issue in the context of what we're talking about in regards to performance. Yeah. So, like, um, so do you see what I mean? Like, uh, mm. what what I do like about it is that obviously they've they've picked out specifically resistance training. Which yeah. I suppose also makes sense because how are you going to do this with things like running? Yeah, it's know, different. Yeah. You know, you're going to get them stopping every you know yeah. half a mile to go and scroll Facebook or whatever. Yeah. But um, when we kind of look at the applications of this, like um, something that a lot of people do tend to do is they tend to between sets procrastinate on their phones. Mm. Now I've always been one of those people where I've always said like, look, just live and let live. Like unless they're, unless they're taking the piss. Don't worry about what other people are doing. And I do still think that. I do still think that. But in terms of where it might be hindering your performance in in regards to like strength endurance, where you are cranking out a couple of reps, then um, it will probably benefit you to, yeah, just put your phone down. Mm. Listen to music. Music can actually do the opposite. That can help you. But things where you're just mindlessly scrolling through Facebook and you're taking your mind off of the game, and I think that's a key term there, you're taking your mind off of the game. There was also some context of where it was like just acutely before the activity. So like before they were going to head to the session, there was literally like within yeah. an hour window, they were doing some sort of yeah. test where it was like to give them a bit of acute dose of cognitive fatigue, mental fatigue or so. And I want to make a lot, if that is the case where you're in a situation where you've had to do something in that half an hour window before your gym session, there are recommendations that you could maybe, if you're feeling specific, like a lot of brain fog, like you just you just fucking monging it basically around the gym. You've gone to get a pick up a kettlebell. You come back with a fucking Bosu ball. Then you know you're probably <laughs> having a bit of mental fatigue there. So you might want to maybe opt for a lighter session. I could say, or maybe look for strategies to sort of counteract that mental fatigue a little bit. Put on the Ronnie Coleman compilation in the background as you're <laughs> scrolling through your phone. Maybe, possibly. I don't feel that I'll do. I'm just putting this out of my arse, yeah. but you never know. Yeah. Um, I think we always talk about physical. So. I just mentioned about looking for strategies, and also I didn't really give you one there. But one you could, one way you could think of this is when we look at physical fatigue and mental fatigue. Physical fatigue. If you're feeling super sore, or we are, you know, not feeling 100%, we normally utilize things like RPE, don't we? And we strip things back. Even if we're told we're supposed to be lifting this percentage, we'll go. You know what? I'm feeling physically fatigued, so I'm going to take this back a bit. I'm going to go to this RPE, and I'm, I'm doing as much as I can. Or I'm going to do a lighter session. There's no reason why we can't use that same approach for mental fatigue. We have to remember that that can be just as detrimental. So if we're feeling specifically fucked mentally um, due to maybe things like brain fog, because you know we've literally come straight from our computer desk into the garage and gone to go to do some training, maybe just strip it back a little bit. There's no reason why we can't use similar strategies to physical fatigue as we do for mental fatigue. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Performance is going to rarely be linear mm. anyway for okay. most people. I mean, in, in this setting where we're talking about... Uh, in regards to like uh, fatigue, like cognitive fatigue, in, in the context of what we're talking about with these studies, then the application I would see to this is to simply try not to become distracted during your actual training sessions, or perhaps just before your training sessions, if we could try like minimise 
phone use, technology use, mm. whatever. Uh, basically, just not to get as distracted. Basically, put your phone down. Mm. Yeah, listen to music. The missus rings you and you've got to do it because you fear for your life. I understand that, <laughs> you know. But just to basically keep distractions to a minimum, just try and keep your head in the game. Try to browse, uh, mindlessly browse social media, etc. Mm. Join your rest periods. Get up. Move about. Imagine what's going to happen next when you go for your next set. Because as I said, that's shown to actually increase your performance mm. when you actually mentally prepare yourself to do the actual movement. I think... Less distractions, better performance. If I give you like an actual number, I know these papers weren't on resistance training, but that 30 minutes that came up with the sports stuff, that can maybe be a good sort of something that people can have an action point. 30 minutes before your training session, try to avoid using your smartphone. That could be a good yeah. a good advice because it's not long. It's not like I'm telling you to put your phone away in a lockbox for four days before you do a bicep curl session. But, you know, 30 minutes before. If you want to listen to music, that's fine because you haven't got to look at your phone. You can put it in your pocket, put your music on, head to the gym and just leave it alone sort of thing. So. Do you know what? I'm going to throw uh, an anecdote here. I don't know if it's quite the same thing. <laughs> right. But when I, was, uh, when I used to try and go and train whilst I was managing a gym, yeah. I was basically, a, uh, I, I was just an office bod. So I'd come off of emails straight away. I'd come off of a spreadsheet or report. Basically, similar kind of cognitive impairment we're kind of talking about here. And my motivation in general to train would be awful, but also my performance would just be... It it felt like I was training after just getting out of bed, even though I'd been awake for hours. I'd moved about as well. But going from doing that kind of like um, cognitive demanding task to trying to train was a fucking nightmare. But whenever I, I, let's say I'm walking, I'm walking to the gym, and I've got my headphones, and I'm listening to music, and I'm, I'm, I'm mentally preparing myself for what's about to happen. I'm not there in front of a screen. I'm listening to my whatever Metallica, ACDC, God knows, my Kate Bush. I, I'm psyched <laughs> up. I'm ready wait, to go. Wait, wait, and my performance Kate, is why, always better. Why are you throwing Kate Bush in with them two? What, what a rad, why not? <laughs> a random addition. Like, it's very, Metallica, a very ACDC. diverse playlist. Yeah, but like in that conversation, Metallica, Kate Bush. There's nothing wrong with having a bit of Dolly Parton next to Cannibal Corpse. It, it, it's fine. <laughs> I've got a very diverse right. playlist. Okay. Next up on the fitness news this week, guys, is calling down after a workout. Oh, that's a, that a nice noise, Tom. That sounded like almost, um, what's that fucking thing called? Macon's. Western. Yeah. Fucking. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hello. So you don't need sound effects. Yeah. I'm like that guy from uh, Police Academy. Get those pipes working. <laughs> oh, I can't. It's lock it. I've got, got a sound effect for this. Oh, I've, only got, oh, I've only got so many. I can upload sound effects. I need to upload too much. What about he can sound effect? Oh, I can actually upload sound effects. I know, yeah. I need to do that start using them anyway <laughs> i know i've heard them it's irrelevant um so as i said we've got a article from gq and it's all about cooling down now we have spoke about this before in our recovery series which you can go listen to chatshirtgetfit.com slash recovery for a bit more of a deep dive on all different recovery methods but we're gonna break it down a little bit today and talk about what they've said in their article and they start by saying trust our expert physiotherapists a cool down today will save all kinds of aches and creaks tomorrow. Sounds very exciting. It's a very good little um, tagline to get us going. Um, I want to start by saying though, Tom, jumping if you just sort of disagree, but in terms of aches and creaks, as they say the next day, I want people to note that sometimes these aches and creaks, as they say, are inevitable um, or they will just happen. Because, things like DOMS and SOAR, etc. Because we've 
we've mentioned how if you start a new program or if you go to an intensity that you've never exposed your body to before, you start, you know, you've, you've, you've had like three weeks off and then you go back into a heavy deadlift session, the chances are you're going to feel DOMS regardless. And you'll see, I've had it before. Someone said the other day in the gym, they were, we were doing some stretching and they said they were sore that day. Um, and they said it was from like a session earlier in the week and they said, ah, oh, I'm thinking if I've just stretched off, I wouldn't have been as sore. And I remember the session on the shoot and it was a hard session. And I'm thinking it probably wouldn't have saved you. If I'm being honest, I didn't. I, obviously, I didn't say anything. I'm, I can't keep. I can't just bang out a live podcast there and there. Um, You've learned your lesson now. <laughs> yeah, I've got time for this. Um, but that's why. Yeah, I, you're probably right. Yeah, you're probably. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, you probably need to save the day if you just did a few hamstring stretches. But no, the point is, I'm saying is, don't expect miracles. Sometimes, if you've had a time bit of time off, or you're entering a new cycle, or you've you've done a bit too much too soon. Maybe maybe you normally train three times a week and one week you've gone five times a week. Your body's not really adapted to that load yet. So it's going to be more, um, yeah. it's, going to be, it's going to affect it more uh, than usual. Don't get me wrong. Stretching, you might get some perceived alleviation from mm. DOMS, yeah. short term at least. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, it, it, it can feel nice. Yeah. But my problem is, is the subtitle here, which says that it will save all kinds of aches and creaks tomorrow. Mm. Um, that kind of gives me the, I, I mean, you tell me if it's the same for you, but that word in there, that it will save you, it kind of, to me, I get the idea they're trying to say that it will just get rid of any aches yeah. or pains tomorrow. Well, it literally says that, all kinds of aches and creaks tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think stretching is going to get rid of anything. It can alleviate because you're, doing something to change you know your your, your perception or your nociception of that painful feeling you could just as well do that foam rolling you might even do that just by walking yeah you know just changing a sensation i think i've used this term before haven't i where like a not term sorry but the same before like if you stub your toe what's the first thing you do hmm. you you grab your toe grab your toe yeah and that's just because you're doing it and it feels better when you rub it it's simply because you're changing the sensation of it I think stretching is the same here. I don't think there's anything special going on in, in, in regards to, you know, alleviating DOMS. Cool down as a whole. So we won't look, not talk about anything specific, but it is it is a good way to finish a session. I know obviously for some people it's not possible. However, it's a good way to bring the heart rate back down if you've done something particularly heart rate-esque. So maybe a CrossFit wad or something or some sort of sprints. And it can also allow the muscles to, you know, relax a little bit. You know, if you've absolutely hammered them, in the gym, some big session. It's a good way to sort of just chill out a bit instead of, you know, because jumping into the car, if you've got to do, I don't know, a 20 minute drive to the gym because you live out in the sticks and you've just done a big heavy leg session and you get straight into the car and drive, your legs are just being put into this basically a stress position for the next 20 minutes after they've just been hammered. You probably want to find some sort of way to sort of relax and calm down a little bit. On the article though, they do go on to say, this is after their little tagline, as we mentioned, static stretching is your friend. Now, we've spoken about static stretching before in that recovery series that I mentioned. And I can understand stretching will obviously allow your heart rate to come down because normally it's very low level. You'll be on the floor. You just sort of fuck around with a few stretches. You, you know, you will calm down heart rate wise. But the question is, is it going to improve any recovery markers? That's the that's the key really. Um, because you can improve your heart rate just by sitting down. You don't have to do any stretching. So, <laughs> you know, you don't or have just to, going for a walk. Yeah, going for a walk. Exactly. So, this actually brought my mind back, Tom, to a whopping 2018-99 paper made to analysis that we looked at during that recovery series. Ah, the Big um, Mac. The big one. And this well, the title of this paper was An Evidence-Based Approach for Choosing Post-Exercise Recovery Techniques to Reduce Markers of Muscle Damage, Soreness, Fatigue and Inflammation, a Systematic Review with Major Analysis. Well, I have a feeling that we probably looked into this during our recovery episodes. Well, I literally just said that. 
I know. I was tricking you. Are you right, mental fatigue? You're right, mate. You're right. I was going to say I'm cognitively impaired. You used your smartphone again. Put your phone down. <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> Put it. Lock it away, you little fucker. <laughs> um, anyway, so <laughs> just keep it away. <laughs> right. Anyway, um, so this paper that we have looked at before, before Tom forgets again, um, they found that stretching had no significant effect, and there's actually some mention that it could even, in some cases, increase DOMS. Now, I think yes. that was that was more of a because we've spoke how. If you're not aware, when we talk about stretching, normally you've got like passive stretching and then there's people who do quite intense bouts of stretching and it'll probably be that, them intense bouts of stretching which could increase DOMS because you're putting the muscle that you've already just trained through more stress, through trying to push it through a range of motion that it's not comfortable with. So when we're talking about recovery stretching, it's normally the more passive. You'll go to a point of resistance, you'll just relax and hold there for one minute, two, three minutes, whatever. So according to this paper and other stuff we have looked at, stretching in terms of recovery markers, while it can alleviate some sensation because if you're feeling sore and you change the sensation, your mind will go there so you might feel better. It does sometimes feel nice, you can relax you. In terms of actual recovery markers, um, so muscle damage, soreness, fatigue, inflammation, there was no significant effect from post-workout stretching. However, as the article noted, they mentioned not just from a recovery marker point of view, cool down stretching could be a good time to work on some mobility. Now, <laughs> normally you'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, it's fine if they want to get some mobility work in. But this, once again, brought me back to something we spoke about before, Tom. A couple of weeks ago on the Fitness News, I forgot which one it was, we were talking about if you perform resistance training to a full range of motion, that would probably do the job. That will, that will do your all your mobility needs. It will meet all of your mobility needs um, as required. So... Depends. I'm going to say yeah, it depends. Yeah, it's on a specific context. Because if I wanted to do the splits... Yeah, but I don't think the, in this context of if someone's done like a resistance training I know. session... I'm just throwing some, you know, nuance out there. So the reason I'm bringing this back in, okay, because I want to try and look at it from a normal gym pop situation because then people might try and straw at me and go, you're saying resistance training, but what if I don't go to the gym and do training? What if I go to the gym and just do treadmill all the time? All I'd say to you is... The guidelines and my bias would be that twice a week you do some sort of resistance training yeah. for the health benefits that come with it. But it's part of the guidelines anyway for physical health. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Part of the gu- I literally just said that, Tom. No, you didn't. <laughs> you have my eyes out today. You fucking have my pants down here. <laughs> um, but so if you're saying, oh, but I don't do any resistance training, so I need to do this stretching after to improve my mobility, I'd implore you to maybe go do some resistance training instead. It's the time you're using after your session to do stretching, you could be getting more bang for your buck by lifting some weights. You'll get the benefits that come with lifting some weights and you could improve your mobility if you go, if that's if you go through the full range of motion, of course. Tom, why are you smiling? I feel like you want to say, you're about to fucking have my eyes out again. What are you going to say? I was about to say, basically you'll get more bang for your buck. <laughs> you know, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, but no, no, if I, if I can switch back for a second, like... Um, <laughs> Look, stretching can be a friend, but it depends in the context. Like, I used to be quite anti-stretching. Mm. I've pretty much turned that around now. I still think it's overrated compared to other forms of exercise in certain contexts. But in regards to recovery, like, look, I don't think it's going to harm you if you do stretch after a session. I don't think it's going to have any major benefits. It's certainly not going to save you from makes or creaks. It might make you, you know, it might it might take a a little bit of the edge off as you're stretching for a short term. Mm. But um, yeah, like uh, talking about things like heart rates coming back down, etc. I mean, you could do it just by chilling out, as you said, said yeah. earlier, Bill. 
that's not me repeating you to take the piss <laughs> by the way. I just want to, I just want to, you know, confirm yeah. what you said earlier, just simply sitting down yeah. or just going for a walk or hopping on a stack bike and doing something low effort is enough to kind of cool down. So it's not that stretching is bad. It's just that it's not going to be the savior, you know, in regards to stopping you from aching the next day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. You know, Dom's is a, a Dom's is a naturally part. It's, it's a natural part of exercise, as you said earlier. It's you know something happens when you tend to do something you're not quite adapted to yet. Yeah. Now saying that, if you are constantly getting Dom's mm. to load the point management. that it is severely affecting you, that's probably a load management issue. Exactly what you just said there, Bill. Mm. And when we say load management issue, we don't just mean in regards to the RPE you're training at, the load you're training at in regards to like the weight or the reps etc it could also be your sleep it could be your nutrition as well um it could be multifactorial but yeah in regards to recovery if you fancy stretching it makes you feel nice wicked but it's not going to be the magic bullet it's not the one weird trick that's going to save you the next part of the article then goes on to talk about how making your cool down relevant i suppose i can see what in a way i mean if i give an example maybe if you went if you just did a bicep curl session and then you go for a walk i can't really see how that's going to have any <laughs> impact on the recovery markers of your biceps if you just go for a walk yeah i mean obviously it bring your heart rate down but in terms of recovery obviously you want to be doing things potentially that are i mean if i did a bicep session i'd probably go on the rowing machine and do some active recovery in a rowing machine i very i'll put i'll put the damper setting down to one so it's very light and just go through the motion of just obviously using the arms you're moving the arms aren't you on the rower i mean me personally i'll just go home <laughs> yeah obviously yeah, no, yeah obviously yeah the, <laughs> that's what we the reason why with. i say that though is the thing is if, if, if you're worried about doms yeah then even by going something like a rower you know don't get me wrong like if, if it's actually a part of your plan like actually i want to get some cardio in i need to get yeah. some extra volume in happy days but if you are having an issue with doms then actually all you're doing is putting more volume on. Even if it's at a low intensity, you're just adding more volume. Yeah, that's true. Which goes hand in hand with load management, so I'd be careful. But obviously, if you're doing something like concurrent training, etc., then yeah, crack on, go on the rower. I just want to uh, fast forward a little bit and tell you, me and Tom, our approach to this is most of the time when I finish my training, I do just pop smoke. I don't fuck around and do anything, if I'm being honest. <laughs> um, in terms of cool down, yeah, I mean... We are, don't we're put up, your weights away. Yeah. <laughs> There are certain things I might I bet you do. don't even flip the, the dial down on the rowing machine. Oh, the screen? The monitor? No, no, no. So when I say the dial, I mean the intensity setting. The damper set. Yeah, you just leave it. Or the monitor. I bet you don't even flip the monitor back down either. Oh, God, I bet you don't even unplug it. Unplug it? Bit. <laughs> for fuck's sake. For a joke, for a joke, you should start telling new inductees to the gym that you should say, you know, once you're finished with this, obviously like with weights, you put weights away. You put your dumbbells away, you put your kettlebells away, you unrack your plates. Please, when you make sure you've used a treadmill, unplug it from the wall, do the right thing. We don't have treadmills. All right, then, the rowing machine, make sure you flip this all the way down to the bottom, make sure you unplug it from the back. We don't unplug it from the back. And you've got like a little cable that recharges the battery pack. No, so, uh, the Concept 2s have batteries. Oh, you've got a Concept, so you've got the big D. Yeah, big, big D cells. Yeah. batteries, all right. Yeah, yeah. The big, big massive, D. oh, those yeah. ones, yeah. Yeah, the big boys. It has two in it. Two. Two big ones, yeah. Tom just jerking the air there, brilliant. Um, what the fuck was there I saying? Go. I completely lost what I was going to say now. Oh, basically, all I was saying was that me just, we'll talk about cool down, but me and Tom, I mean, in my, we normally just do our session and just leave, I'm being honest. Um, <laughs> I normally just use the yeah. times of time. Leave it in flames. Leave it in flames. But uh, as I was saying, so. Women and children screaming. <laughs> when they talk about relevant, obviously, if you are going to do a cool down, Obviously, even as you're tra- if you when you train for a certain goal, you make it specific, don't you? Send me a cool down. If you're going to do a cool down, 
you probably want to make it some sort of specific to the activity you're doing. And they finish this article by saying foam rolling shouldn't hurt. Now, obviously that that's obvious if you're from significant pain, but I want to just quickly touch on foam rolling because we've we've looked at it before, haven't we? And from the data I've seen, we've looked at this before. You, yeah, but <laughs> from the data I've seen, <laughs> that's the last one I promise. <laughs> from the data, from the data I've seen, it doesn't tend to improve most markers. I don't know if you've seen anything new, Tom, but it doesn't tend to do. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, the reason I feel like it's utilised is because you actually feel something going on. So what I mean by that is, if you've got a sore a sore quad, if you start rolling on it, you feel like something's happening. You feel your muscles getting all moved around. You feel like something's you actually going on. You your tongue. You grabbed it. Yeah, basically. So I feel like that's why it's a really heavily utilised tool in a recovery setting because people think something's going on. However, as I said, from the data I've seen. It doesn't tend to improve most markers. Maybe perceived, perceived feelings of soreness. Yeah. That's, subje- that's subjective. So if that works for you, that's absolutely fine. But as you said, Bill, it's not actually changing anything physiologically. Yeah, exactly. The actual markers we're looking at, it doesn't tend to make a big difference, a significant difference, I should say. So once again, if you're using a foam roller afterwards, before, that's a different story. We won't go into that too much now. It's a different conversation. But before- That's a mobility are, topic. Yeah, yeah. That's an, there's applications for before, but afterwards- if you're going to do it, maybe a little, if you really want to, if it finds it helps you, but I wouldn't, it's not going to save you. As the title said, it won't, it won't save you from creaks and aches, whatever fucking buzzword they used. But saying that, there have been times where, you know, I've had a bit of doms at home and whilst I'm just there watching TV or I'm fucking about my laptop, well, okay, I might as well just pull it out. The, yeah. the foam roller, to clarify. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm pulling out. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like, you know, it's it's not going to take up my time. It's nothing that I'm going to waste during a session, you know. It's like, you know, I'm at home. If it helps me change my perception of it, happy days. I'll, I'll, I'll do that to short-term alleviate some DOMS. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, one thing I did say, which, yeah, I'm happy to kind of give a thumbs up at, is that you don't have to do it so that it hurts. When we have looked at a uh, foam rolling in the past, I think it was on like a pain scale. It hasn't got to be... I've heard people say before, like, oh, when you phone roll, it's got to hurt. And yeah. actually, that's not the case. <laughs> no. <laughs> they actually showed there wasn't a major difference between people that did, like, you know, hardcore, deep tissue phone rolling as compared to just doing it on a on a light kind of a discomfort scale. Mm. I can't remember what the study was, but I just remember us talking about it. So, yeah, if you are going to phone roll, like, you ain't got to do it so that it's digging into your soul. Just have it so that it's like you could feel something's happening, a little bit of discomfort maybe. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if you are going to foam roller, just make sure it's not digging into your soul. Um, just so you know, you're not feeling a bit of discomfort really. I love. But that is something I've heard people in the past say, is like, oh, if you're foam roller, you've got to do it properly. It's got to hurt. So that's not the case at all. You really are suffering from mental fatigue. You didn't even clock on there, did you, that I repeated what you said? You didn't even, you didn't even I was clock ignoring it. you. Yeah, you didn't clock on. You just fucking. I'm absolutely very unprofessional. You're, you're absolutely unprofessional. You can. I did not want right to rise to it. Oh, you little fucker! Uh, Here we go. Look, act no, to the big I, man. I, 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 I generally didn't hear it. <laughs> did you not? Oh god! Right, anyway. I was too busy uh, looking at someone uh, turning on my drive outside. God, you used to, you used to get some curtains, yeah. bastards. Well, if you throw, if you throw those curtains away now, the cancer. Have you seen? My, you can literally see me through my own curtains. <laughs> it's not a curtain, is it? That's a fucking bossy That's net. It's not a fucking it's a, curtain. It's a bossy net. <laughs> I look like fucking the ghost of Mary White. <laughs> State of that. <laughs> the, the, the woman in black. <laughs> oh, God. That's not a curtain, mate. That is a fucking... It's Ooh, a linen Amazon sheet. delivering late. Oh, they, they deliver really late. Anyway, um, overall, to conclude this article, I think 
some of it's good, but I think it's quite an old school article in terms of what they're saying about the cool down system. It's very much like stretching and folk like these are very they've been around for a long time with these these thoughts on how you should recover after a workout, you should cool down. How we now know there are potentially other ways you can do it. You know, you don't even have, it's not that important in some cases. Um, in terms of what I'd recommend, obviously me and Tom said we pop smoke. However, there are some there is one thing which we have mentioned on the recovery series, which is I think it's the most accessible and it does look quite effective, and that's active recovery. I think the time window, don't quote me on this, this is I can't remember if it's changed or if it's still, but six to ten minutes. If you spend six to ten minutes after a workout, so you go for a walk or you get on a cardio if you do a very light bit of active recovery, that tended to help, basically. And I the reason I like recommend that to people if they want to do something is because it doesn't require anything. It's very easy yeah. to do. You've got options. You know, if you don't like walking, you can you know go to get a bike, get a static bike. You can go on any cardio machine really, as long as it's done at a very light intensity. Because as Tom mentioned, you don't want to accumulate too much volume. You want to keep it quite quite chilled. It's a good option. The reason I think people chin this off though, the whole active recovery thing, is because it probably doesn't feel like you're doing much to help. There's no there's no yeah. there's no acute response like a foam roller. Boom, you feel it. Static stretching. Boom, you feel it. Massage. You feel something going on straight away. Going for a walk. You're just yeah. like, oh, what the fuck am I doing? Get on the rowing machine again. Oh, I'm just doing more. What the fuck am I doing? Going from like, you know, a heavy load of like a barbell or dumbbells to, yeah, a walk or yeah, a pedal. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like it's going to do much. So I think that's why people don't use it. But from from what I've seen data-wise and in terms of accessibility, it seems to be a very good option if that's something you want yeah. to do as opposed to just stretch for 20 minutes. I mean, one thing I would like to finish up on is that, you know, when I saw this article, this article, um, said that it was expert physiotherapists they were talking to. It wasn't Bob I did find I did No, 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 it wasn't. <laughs> uh, I, won't, I won't, you know, just so I don't get done for defamation again. I did go on their social media and, yeah, these expert physiotherapists are there, like, taping people up with, like, kinesio tape and all sorts. Oh, and, okay. yeah. you know, get rid of your back pain with these ex, uh, dead bugs. And, yeah, so yeah. I, 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 I didn't have any hope for this article as soon as I saw that to be honest with you I could, could have guessed you would have gone my deep my bias has already kicked in yeah. I was like oh here we go yeah if you want to stretch stretch but it's not gonna you know do anything magical for you Okay, before we move on to the final piece of news in this week's the Chat Shit Get Fit, fitness news, I might add, uh, we've got a Patreon shout out. Okay, we're going give, to give it out because we've actually got some big news. We've actually got a new producer who's joined the team. Uh, we've got Big Jenny, uh, the Gen Dog, the J Dog, the Jigginator, the Generator. the rocks that I've got. What? I'm what? still Jenny from the block. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, yeah, <laughs> you've funny. shown your age now, Bill. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure my age, yeah. Just but a ute. Just a ute, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, anyway. <laughs> uh, Jenny has joined the producer team and she joins incredible company in Colleen. Um, we actually have got an update on Colleen. I thought I'd keep you, keep you in the loop, guys, is that she's heading back to Newcastle very soon. So Very brave, very um, brave. We are going to be sending our thoughts and prayers to Colleen. Mm. We hope you're safe. Please keep us updated. We know how difficult it can be in Newcastle or Sunderland, whatever, it's the same place, isn't it? Um, just keep us updated, please. I mean, I have started thinking, what I want you to start doing, Bill, is, um, you know, like when certain terms, people find certain terms offensive. So they'll take out one letter from that term and they'll put like a, 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 
was a star in it instead. And we start doing that with Newcastle. Newcastle. Luke. Newcastle, yeah. all right, mate. If you're not north of you, and then Newcastle, I want you to start putting a star in that. Okay, because we'll you know it's offending. It's scary it? enough knowing that one of our producers is heading up there yeah. back and forth all the time. Well, at least we know we've got Jenny now. So if Colleen does happen to we've got Jenny meet on the her block. End, we've got Jenny from the block to replace her. So that, safety that's good in numbers. Safety in numbers, exactly. Absolutely. At least financially for us, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and of course. Thank you to all of the other members of the society as well. We've obviously not forgot about you. You are you are the core. You are the foot soldiers of the society. The producers are, you could call them, I don't know, what would they be classed as? The officers. Yeah. And you could become a part of the team too. For money. For, yeah, for, for money. Why do you do the little finger thing? They <laughs> for can't see. For money. <laughs> Cha-ching. <laughs> um, yeah, so if you want to, you know, for money, join the uh, the society the society army um, you can check check out the show notes because we have got a link where you can jump onto patreon and you can subscribe which that sounds really shit doesn't it what's that saying it no but <laughs> it's a better what's a better term you too can uh, uh, contribute to the cause contribute, contribute to the cause the societal cause of chat shit giving us money you're obsessed with this money. <laughs> to be fair, the, to be fair, the Patreon did buy that webcam. So listen, I want to put road spikes on my driveway. I need this. You need to get new curtains first, mate. You need some new curtains. <laughs> I know. This is really depressing, ain't it? Moving on to the final piece of news, we're talking about the Daily Mile in schools in Bradford. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking dick. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be the fucking megaest inside joke that only me and you can talk about I know yeah <laughs> fucking oh. cunt honestly <laughs> can't fucking believe you <laughs> I might just leave this bit in there people are like why are they laughing what are they laughing about you'll never you'll, you'll never know there are even secrets that even our patrons can know that's how that's where that's that's where the editing room comes in anyway um, we'll move on to this uh, next piece of news Jokes Maybe drop my fucking locket now. <laughs> private jokes aside, that people will never ever hear the light of day. Um, anyway, so Daily Mile and Schools is the final piece of news. So I want to cast your minds back first, guys, to the Fitness News 5, where we spoke about fitness testing in schools. Um, and in that same episode, we also spoke about the dire statistics in terms of activity guidelines adherence, children being no exception well this time it's a little bit less high octane than fitness testing and more about daily movement um, this is in northern ireland just want to make a point of that it's quite important to note this is in northern ireland because even though it's part of the uk the governing bodies of schools are all quite quite why is that funny tom no i was gonna say like why 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 are you saying this is important and now you've just clarified yeah because the governing bodies yeah it's not the same like in england and wales it wouldn't be the same sort of they don't all do the daily mile yeah yeah, even that's part of the United Kingdom. Okay, yeah. <laughs> what do you think I was going to make some like offensive joke? I thought it, I thought it was going to be some kind of joke here about Catholics, Protestants, and I'm not touching that. Come on now, you blacks and tans. <laughs> Come on, fight us like a man. Right. Can I leave that in? I've got to tell that out as well. Yeah, just don't. Joe, you know what? Um. Well, you've got your barrel. I mean, I've actually got an. Uh, yeah, I've got an. Uh, it's a cool bean. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, obviously triggered. Triggered. Joe, you know what it's taking me so long to think about. I think it's an automatic no. All you can do no, is you can keep the conversation. Oh no! You can keep the conversation in. Put it on. Yeah. You can keep the conversation in, but you could just bleep out what we're talking like at particular key phrases there to keep them second guessing. Like what? The whole lot. What phrases? 
the whole, the whole lot. <laughs> just beep loads of stuff. Anyway, um, right. God, for the last 10 minutes, we've just been causing absolute chaos here. Anyway, um, so less high octane, daily movement, daily mind schools. Let's go. So this initiative is in addition to normal physical ed- education lessons, so PE uh, for short, and this is added onto it. Uh, the idea is pupils are meant to do a 15-minute jog, run, brisk walk or wheel outside with their teacher. Right, <laughs> yeah. When I was reading this, when they say wheel, <laughs> when they say wheel, what what, you, what did you first I'm think so of sorry. when you wrote that? What are you laughing at? Are you laughing at wheel? I missed something. Yeah, no, it's right. Yeah, okay. What, what did I miss? Well, there's many things that can have wheels. Oh, shit, yeah. I didn't consider that, and now I feel what awful. Think, what did you think it means? What did you think it means? What else well, got wheels? I thought of those monsters from Return to Oz, the wheelers. It's probably well beyond your what? age range. What? Yeah, what, in a school? Yeah, but what do you think in a school in a school context? What else would have wheels? They're going to have well, kids bouncing on wheelies, I, aren't I they? Thought, well, that's what I thought at first. Oh, God's sake. I thought oh, that's a really weird way to a, say bike ride. I feel so bad. Anyway, so, uh, right. I mean, it'd be taking the piss if you turned up on an e-scooter. Yeah, obviously, yeah. <laughs> We're very active on it. Um, but the idea is they're meant to do 15 minutes of activity without having to change out of their school uniforms. So, I mean, that sounds okay, doesn't it? I mean, if you listen, if you were to read that, you think, that's great, 15 minutes of activity. Nothing too much that they're going to have to, you know, drip all in their fucking uniform. They get a nice bit of activity. But there was actually a study done on this, which is quite exciting, to determine what is actually happening as a result of this daily mile. So we've got a systematic review of the effects of the Daily Mile, trademarks my ad, on children's physical activity, physical health, mental health, well-being, academic performance, and cognitive function. It's actually trademarked. Yeah, it's actually yeah, the Daily Mile, yeah. Jesus Christ. That what this just seems like a really fucking weird thing to trademark, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a bit weird. 15-minute walk while I'm trademarking this. Fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what about if we do the Daily Kilometre? Bit less, less. That way it sounds less like the daily mail. You'd have to call it the, the daily 1.6, wouldn't you? The daily 1.6. There you go. Yeah, that sounds quite, that's quite catchy. Rolls it? off the tongue. Sure, yeah, the yeah, 1. Daily 1. 6. Should we do it? Should we, should we implement it? Sounds like it could be a, a CrossFit workout, doesn't it? The 1.6. Yeah, it's done a 1.6. It's done a 1.6, guys. Yeah, no biggie. Did that in a Athlete. 10kg vest. Peak male performance right here. Shirtless down the high street, there'd be one point six. Yeah, <laughs> you've never done fucking crossfit in your life, mate. Actually, you did it once. To be fair, well, I did. I've been on a ski erg, thank you. Yeah. And I, wait, how, the mate, that was like three, four years ago. We did that. I <laughs> know. <laughs> I still ain't fucking forgiving I, you, food. but you still. But you, but every time you mention crossfit, you always bring it up as like your claim to crossfit. Yeah, I did that ski erg workout. Have you? Yeah. I've never touched a ski erg until then. Yeah, changed my but, life. That did, mate. Yeah, I know. Yeah, fantastic. Anyway, um, well, I'll rattle off. What they mentioned about this study then, it's easy if I just read that out, actually, I'm trying to paraphrase. So, longer-term participation in the daily mile was found to increase moderate to vigorous physical activity and physical fitness. None of the studies reported a significant change in body mass index or academic performance. An acute bout of the daily mile was not found to improve cognitive function. However, one good quality study reported that longer-term participation in the Daily Mile increased visual, spatial, working memory. There was also some evidence that it improved children's well-being and self-esteem. I think we'll break this down a little bit then, Tom. So, naturally, you'd find that it would improve their fitness if they did long. If you're doing a mile every day, you'd assume it would improve some sort of fitness marker. So that makes sense that the kids improve their fitness, which is good, improving their fitness in terms of the body, uh, body mass index. 
obviously a mile I wouldn't say is a huge amount of activity and if they're making other choices outside of the school in terms of dietary choices it's very unlikely that a daily mile is going to be able to counteract um, poorer food choices in a home where they might not even have control they might because when you're a child you don't exactly have you know ultimate control over your environment when it comes to nutrition so the thing is though if we look at this from like a weight neutral approach like even I'm I'm not expecting you know BMI to dramatically change well it wasn't even implemented to, for that was it it was, this daily mile wasn't implemented to reduce that was irrelevant that's what I'm going to say like but even, even then like I wouldn't expect to have like a massive effect no, on it not more, would but it? if we look at it from like a weight neutral approach you're still going to get those health benefits by increasing your activity now what I like about this is I find uh, particularly in the UK PE can be very rigid actually no do you know what I'm going to rewind a bit there because I'm not up to date with current PE guidelines or 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 what the actual curriculum is. When I think about when I used to do PE, so early 2000s and the 90s, it was always a choice of football or nothing. And a fair amount of the kids, including me, didn't like football, so I had no interest or motivation or inclination to want to take part in PE. Now, okay, there's nothing there's any, nothing really exciting about walking when you're younger. But it's something which it has like a lower barrier to entry in regards to, you know, you ain't got to worry about being picked last in the team. I know it sounds like I'm I'm being a bit like a whole participation trophy when I talk about this. Yeah, but this is but the thing is this is in addition to PE though. So they're doing this as well as PE, it's not replacing it. But but this is this is the thing, like you see, hey, it's not replacing it, but it's just adding that extra physical activity, something that isn't as high effort, um, something which you're not gonna to have to worry about teams as much. And also, it's one of those things where I suppose if you're kind of grouped up with friends as well, it becomes a part of a social thing as well. It's something that actually could be implemented to a child's everyday life where they can get used to walking. And one of those things where it might actually lead to more walking or jogging in the future as well as, as they become an adult. Um, but yeah, like look at it from like a weight neutral approach. It's just a basic movement that has been encouraged more. But it's, it's it doesn't seem like it's like a high a high stress movement, which currently might be actually a better approach in general. So when they haven't got to strip down to you know shorts and shoes etc. Uh, shorts and t-shirt, they can still in their uniform. It's just simply increasing physical activity. So actually, I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, I actually think it's a really good thing to implement. I'm just only thing I'd be concerned about is that they might pe- they might see studies like this and go, "Oh, it's not making a huge difference to academic performance stuff," and want to sack it off. But I'm thinking that's not the boo one. Is don't- it made? F- was it made for academic performance? Yeah. Well, I think it was <laughs> yeah, made I mean- to hopefully. I think it was. I think there was part of it was to help hopefully help with improving academic. But the point is. Does PE in general the help with academic performance? It was that it's physical education, wasn't it, to get them used to it? So I think I, I think my point of the reason I like this is because we spoke how dire these stats were in terms of adherence to the guidelines. Yeah. So this is a great way that doesn't really take much out of the day to help support, to help get people towards those guidelines. And as you said, it shows people that activity isn't just running around playing football. It's not just competitive sports. It can be just a brisk walk. It can yeah. be, you know, it could be a jog. It can be a run or it can even be a wheel. You know, it could be, it could be numerous. There's numerous options to, to what you could do. So... Just to clarify, when we say wheel, we're not talking about e-scooters. <laughs> no, we're not. It was but, a BBC um, article, by the way, so that probably did, explains. Did, did, did it say, though, that uh, in regards to doing this, was it was it a daily thing? 
or was it just during uh, the yeah, Daily Mail, yeah. as well? Daily Mail. Uh, Daily Mail. Uh, I, I suppose <laughs> the clues in the name there, isn't it, really? So the World Health Organization, like from the ages of 5 to 17, their recommendations for physical activity is actually an average of 60 minutes per day of moderate to vigorous aerobic physical activity. 60. And when we look at kind of adding, you know, five days a week, 15 minutes, it it adds up. Yeah, it adds up. Obviously, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't reach. Um, it doesn't get us. It gets the whole way, but it gets us some way. And as we've said before, something is better than nothing. So we can't just be like, oh, it's not enough. It's not enough. It's like, well, it's and this is just doing school no, out. This is just during that fifteen minutes as well. We're not talking about what else they're doing throughout the school day or on the weekends. And it's low. It's, as I said, it's low effort. It's only fifteen minutes. I've known I've known teachers that have sat in silence for fucking fifteen minutes because they're having a strop because someone's talking at the back of the room. So fifteen minutes on a daily basis, awesome, wicked. Is there anything else we could probably be doing? Do you reckon? Is there anything more we could do? Um, I think we've spoke about it before in the past in regards to physical activity, where like I think mm. it would help to kind of broaden their horizons as to what's on offer yeah. in regards to physical activity. But I do think it's a lot better than when I was a kid. When I was a kid, it was simply yeah. football. Or nothing. At one point, we did have the choice of doing rugby, but there was so little of us that actually wanted to do it. They just it wasn't you know financially feasible yeah. for us to have a proper team. Uh, nowadays, I mean, my 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 son does gymnastics. Uh, there's also taekwondo at his school. I never had any of this when I was a kid, I so it's a lot better now. Yeah, but you're a lot younger than me. A lot younger. Yeah. <laughs> what can we say? A lot <laughs> younger than me. Oh, 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 so you oh, know, oh, you oh. had these opportunities. Yeah. I mean. I didn't have the daily. I didn't have the uh, trademark daily mile though. Trademarked. Trademarked. Yes, yeah, trademarked. Yeah, trademarks. Yeah, you know. yeah, trademarks. Yeah. But I mean, uh, as as I, as I mentioned before, like I would like to kind of see some form of strength training as an option for PE. I think it would be good to have uh, actual options where the child can kind of choose what to do in PE. Rather than just saying right, everyone's doing football, or everyone's doing this, or everyone's doing that. Yeah, like, obviously it does depend on like, the equipment that's in use the skill of the actual teacher that's doing it and um also if you've actually got enough staff so if you if join pe there's several things going on at once i've even got the staff to be monitoring all these different kind of stations yeah it's a good point they're struggling enough as it is aren't they teachers so mm. yeah exactly yeah yeah but it would be nice to have more options which where you know adolescents can feel like they can actually choose what they're more likely to be interested in because if they're more likely to do something that they're interested in they're more likely to want actually do it and to enjoy it and do it in the future as well that is all the news this week guys on the chat shit get fit podcast i might add absolutely nailing it this time uh before we tune out for the week a little reminder that you know if you want to join our new producers jenny and clean head to the show notes little link patreon.com slash csgf podcast or say click the link in the show notes and i'll take you right there and you can join one of two tiers the first tier is basically an entry tier um you get to just see all the feed all the little behind the scenes stuff you get the podcast early most uh, most weeks uh and you get, yeah, it's cool little stuff really and you're obviously helping us support the podcast which is uh, delightful um however if you want to be a little bit more exclusive want to be a little bit more special you want to get a little special video from me and tom welcoming you into the society uh, then you could become a producer much like Jenny and Colleen. That is also an option. But Tom, what do they need to do to get access? Uh, you need to purchase Grey's Anatomy and turn to page 281 where you'll see a penis. <laughs> Where the fuck did that come from? Bookmarked.
Why have you bookmarked a penis? <laughs> it's a well-fingered page. A <laughs> well-fingered page. Oh, my God. This episode has been outrageous. Fucking hell. I mean, I was hoping you were going to do a money thing again for money, uh, but you pulled out a penis instead. What? Uh, let's try it again. What do they have to do, Tom, to get access to this exclusive society? Money. money. Moolah. Moolah. <laughs> some, some uh, you know, green smush. Oh. Uh, maybe not in the UK. I mean, we're all plastic Brilliant. now, aren't we? Yeah. That's all God. we need. More microplastics. And I don't see one giving a fiver to a dolphin or a turtle. <laughs> right. Uh, j- 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 <laughs> Jokes aside, though, obviously we're joking about the money and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's a really good opportunity for you to connect with us as well. Um, we love chatting to our patrons, so you know if you want to if you want to chat to us, it's an awesome way to communicate. And yeah, we can speak to you on a more it personal is plastic, level. Though that wasn't a joke. What's plastic? The fiver. Money. Money is money. Yeah, now it is. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's uh, <laughs> let's wrap this up. <laughs> Much like you do with plastic. Imagine that, though. Finding like a seagull on Cornwall, like with a. Tenor wrapped around its neck, like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck it now. Terry. <laughs> Terry. <No. laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's depressing enough seeing them covered in oil during oil spills, but seeing one, like, yeah, being like, you know, wrapped up in King Charles, choking on like a 50 pound <laughs> note, like, <laughs> be horrifying. Hell. How the fuck did they get a 50 pound note? It's uh, I mean, it no, didn't it didn't happen. Oh, I, God. I know it's hypothetical, but still, it's a worrying fault. <laughs> Should we finish this podcast, Tom? Yeah, let's do it. Let's finish it. It's um, it's been a pleasure as always. It has been an extra pleasure this week, and we will see you next week, same time, same place, for some more the chat shit. Get fit, fitness news. See you soon. See you later. Bye. <laughs>